Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of our Cats Pyjamas Conversations mini-series uh, of our podcast which is all about Communicate Well. Um, I'm absolutely delighted that today we have Kate Jarman um, here with us. I know Kate through my um, NHS connections and NHS comms background um, but Kate's here to talk to us today about flexible working which I think is um, a really important aspect of uh, our own uh, well-being as uh, employees, as uh, consultants, whatever role we have, I think um, being flexible in our working life is really important. So um, welcome, Kate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You, you are absolutely welcome here. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your, your comms background and what your role is currently. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Kate Jarman. I'm Director of Corporate Affairs at uh, Milton Keynes University Hospital. Um, I've worked here for the last seven years and in the NHS in various different communications and uh, governance uh, roles um, for the last 14 years. And before that, I worked for the police and in, uh, criminal, in the criminal justice um, system, also in comms and corporate affairs roles. Uh, so, so yes, yeah, sort of feel like a bit of an NHS life now. It's kind of getting to 15 years in the NHS, um, and uh, it's yeah, a, a great a great job here. I do lots of different things. Communications is um, part of my um, portfolio and is is my professional um, background, but but I do sort of more on the governance side of life um, as well uh, now, which is interesting and fascinating, actually. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know what you mean about being a lifer. I think I'm year 16 in the NHS this year. And uh, I remember saying when I joined, I don't think I'll work in the NHS for longer than 10 years because I might never get out. (laughs) And here I am 16 years later, still here. (laughs) Um, So the reason that um, I thought it would be really interesting for us to have a conversation um, is because of Flex NHS. So for those people who don't know what Flex NHS is, can you tell us a bit more? Yes, so Flex NHS is a um, a platform and a network that uh, I set up with um, my friend and colleague Asha Cowie, um, also works in the NHS in the digital space. Um, And we met over Twitter um, um, about two and a half years ago um, and both sort of doing bits of what just sort of tweeting and blogging a little bit about being working mothers and um, the sort of trials and tribulations that went along with that. And we um, had lots of conversations about flexible working and how it was helping us to do the jobs that we loved and wanted to progress in. Um, and I'd also been to lots of um, kind of sessions, networking sessions, where very senior people talked about flexible working. And and actually, it was sort of in the kind of um, context of, you know, I'm able to drop my kid off at school and then get to a board meeting. And that's great. And, and it struck me that those sorts of events that it was great actually having that kind of role modeling and, and people talking about you know being flexible and trying to juggle you know work and life and not not all childcare but actually a lot of it was was the conversations around um, children um but i thought actually where's the conversation for um everybody else actually you know where's the conversation for your newly qualified midwife or your healthcare assistant or your junior doctor um, and how easy is it for them to access flexibility at work um, especially for people that have limited agency over their own diaries and ways of working um so that's what asher and i were interested in exploring you know what's it like for everybody in the nhs um, and how can we make it better so we set up flex nhs as a platform to have those conversations and we sort of set it up 
like really with it, without with an idea of doing that having conversation and, and kind of getting stuff out in the open about flexibility and um how it can benefit people at work and also to try and you know kind of bust some myths around what flexible working is and isn't um and it's grown from there and it's become um an incredible platform really of about with across instagram and twitter with about fifteen thousand. Um, people um, following us and communities of practice that have sprung up across the country and um, we work very closely with NHS England and the fabulous Jane Galloway who's the head of flexible working for NHS England and lots of other influencers in the flexible working space and companies and it's been incredible and it's been a real well we feel it's been a real force for good um, and a real force for change um, and um, We've seen over the last, sort of, you know, just pre-pandemic, the People Plan coming in with really big policy commitments around flexible working. Um, so flex from day one and flex um, by default, which um, the government now are thinking about putting into legislation in their upcoming employment bill, which we've also been involved in conversations around, which is again, really exciting. Amazing. And it, it sounds like it's just grown from that initial conversation that you've had to something much bigger and a really important platform and, and a movement almost for people um, around flexible working. So um, you've touched on it a little bit already, Kate, but um, what would you say the benefits are to individuals of, of flexible working? I think the benefits for individuals are, um, you know, just taking away some of that, the, some of those stresses, some of that, some of that the sort of angst in your day, the difficult bits of your day that you're worrying about and actually that dominates your working day. So I think it's lots of people when they think about flexible working, they think about, you know, is it a four day week? Is it part time hours? Is it um, condensing your hours? You know, what what is it? And I think for lots of people, actually, it's quite marginal. It's, you know, I, I need to, I'd like to be able to come in 10 minutes later on this day or I need to go an hour early or I need to can I just shift this around a little bit? So it's giving people um, more trust and and agency over their own working lives and just to just try just to smooth out those rough edges of the day so actually people can come into work and they can not be you know desperately worried about leaving at a certain time or not being able to leave at a certain time and same coming into work so actually when they get into work they can you know focus on what they need to do at work and they don't have to be worrying about that little point in their day that they need some flexibility around because they've got it and it's there and it's and it's available to them so I think it's you know it helps people be more productive it helps people um, simply you know enter the workplace actually and especially re-enter the workplace um, I think it's particularly important for um, for I mean women actually particularly at the moment not not only women of course men as well but coming back from maternity leave around again being able to juggle it's those points isn't it where your life changes for whatever reason and maternity you know leave is a good example of that um, but also if you have um, if you go off with a, with an illness a physical illness or um, Ill, or mental ill health that actually you can come back to work and you can work your um, working hours and pattern around you know other needs in your life whether it's you know as I said whether it's because of ill health whether it's because of stress whether it's because of caring responsibilities and it enables you to come back to work and be able to do your job and also you know manage your life outside of work as well so it's not a panacea for everything but it certainly helps and it gives people opportunity and options that might otherwise not be there so I think without flexibility if we're very rigid about the expectations of how we work where we work um, particularly then it just it just it just limits people it limits people coming back into work it limits people entering the workplace um, and it cuts people off at different points of their working lives um, in terms of progression um, and we see that 
you know, we see that with women particularly. We see, you know, this kind of cliff edge after maternity leave that women don't come back to work. They don't progress at the same rate as their um, male colleagues do. They don't um, take opportunity because they don't think it's lifestyle compatible for them with all their other responsibilities. And flex can really help with that. Um, and if we want to address things like the gender pay gap and um, and opportunities, you know, for women particularly, we've got to, we've got to do this well um, because it, it it does help to level the playing field for people. Absolutely. And I, I love the point you made about re, um, being rigid because because life isn't rigid, is it? Life is very fluid and things happen and it goes up and down. So actually the idea that in the workplace and in, in your working life, you have to be that rigid. It, it doesn't seem to be the right mix to be able to get the best out of people. So I can absolutely exactly. see um, what you're saying there. And I think sometimes flexibility is quite transient and it can be over just to manage a particular point in your in you know in your life which you know maybe you know maybe an illness of a you know of someone close to you that you need to have some time out to go and look after that person and be around more and that might be over a month it might not be you know for, for the next several years and I think that's the conversation around flexibility it's sort of it's a continuing conversation it's not it's about you know and it's it requires a different type of um, conversation and management's um, ability to have that conversation at work so that it's it is part of just generally how you're working with your teams and working with your staff in order to help them manage their um, commitments inside of work and outside of work and to get the best from them to be clear not not because it's just a lovely thing to do and it is a lovely thing to do um, but actually it, it helps people be more productive brilliant and um, I think you've touched on it already actually Kate because I think um, often there is a preconception that flexible working um, is really all about um, parents or those with caring responsibilities but you've already talked about you know it enables people maybe have had a period of ill health to come back to the workplace so um, do you think that preconception is a bit dated? Yeah definitely I think it's a real myth actually and I think we we talk about it quite a lot um, and I think we talk about it and actually we, we both started talking about flexible working because of our experiences as parents trying to juggle work and that sort of just all of the increased kind of life admin and logistics of looking after kids but absolutely it's flexibility is not a parenting issue it is a people issue it's you know actually human beings have complicated lives and things happen in all of our lives and actually whether it's bereavement whether it's ill health um, whether it's somebody else close to you's um, ill health or a life event of some description flexibility is you know helps to manage all of those different um, events that happen to us all Um, and and nobody's life follows a straight path does it it's you know we all have things that happen um, and we need a bit of flexibility um, and support during those um during those times and i think i've often say often say this in the nhs we're probably a, a like other industries like teaching for example we want to take people out, out fresh out of school or university we want to keep them working for us um until they retire and in the in the span of that person's working life that might be for decades and they will change they will change their lives will change and actually we want to keep them as an employer for all of that time we have to change with them and be able to be sort of bend and flex um, along along with them because they will do that for us um, and we know that staff in the NHS go over and above 
every day and give hours and hours and hours of their time often unpaid actually which is a separate issue um <laughs> but um and we have to be able to give it back you know it can't be a one-way it can't be a one-way street all the time where we just take and take and take and we give nothing um and i think that's about maturing as a as an employer overall um and having that level of trust and, um, and respect for our staff and their time Absolutely. And, you know, my own personal experience, so I'm not a parent, but I um, I do work flexibly and I appreciate I'm in a senior role. And as you've talked about, it's perhaps easier for people in, in more senior roles to talk about that. But the flexible working that I do enables me to, to work in cat's pyjamas and manage my side hustle, which is something that I'm really passionate about. But, you know, it is linked to my profession because it is about communication. So I feel like, you know, the ability to to have my day job, as it were, and and to um, manage cat's pyjamas is of benefit in both arenas. Um, and like you say, you give that flexibility back. So, you know, through the pandemic, the flexibility has been much more on my side in terms of knowing that, you know, the day job has to take precedence. But I think being able to role model some of that, even in my own team, you know, I've had people request uh, flexible working arrangements, which obviously I've been very happy to accommodate, but I feel like they perhaps find it easier to, to ask for them because they can see that I'm kind of open to it and I do it myself. So um, I do think there is something there about the role modelling, but absolutely about enabling those conversations with people who might not be in such a senior position. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you talk about the fact it isn't just about um, kind of caring responsibilities and, and parenting, because I think that is a, a good myth to bust. Um, so we've started moving on to kind of the role of managers in, in enabling conversations and obviously enabling flexible working. So what would you say are the benefits to um, to employers around flexible working? I think for employers, it is again, it's about getting the best from your team. And actually, you know, when you've got a you've got a team that, that you've got a high trust environment um, and you've got um, managers who, you know, listen, respond, are aware of what's going on in their, um, you know, members of their team's lives that might impact them at work and help to um, create strategies for them to manage, you get the best from those people. You know, we invest a huge amount in our people over the life of their careers with us. Um, and actually, you know, we've got a job to do to support that and to keep that investment, that emotional investment, as well as the investment in their education and development um, going. And I think it's, it's, it is about getting the best from people. It's about, you know, and, and also, as you've just described, it really well, when you need to call on people to do that extra you know to do that that bit extra actually that goodwill is there and it's not a bank that's sort of you know kind of run dry because um we've used it continually without giving anything back it's like, actually no I w- I'm, I'm really happy to do this for you because I know that you know it when it's been difficult for me to to manage you've done that for me so I think it is a maturity of conversation for managers um and probably more um emotional investment in their teams than perhaps we've been used to um in order to to you know maintain productivity maintain efficiency maintain good you know kind of work outcomes um so i think we get it back and we and we retain people by doing this so actually in the nhs you know we we know we've got big gaps in professions um we know that we 
are risking our staff in terms of things like burnout, especially at the moment. And being able to be flexible is one way that we can help support people through that difficult period um, and keep them working for us. And, you know, it might be that they work for us in a different way, um, but but it but it keeps them at work um, and, and stops them just, you know, kind of lo losing them to either another sector or completely out of the workforce. So I think there's lots in it for managers around keeping skilled members of staff um, and also just investing in people um, perhaps in a different way. But I do think it's quite tough for managers actually in terms of the big transition that they need to make and have needed to make over the course of the pandemic. You know, managing people remotely isn't easy. Um, it's um, and it's, it's challenging for lots of different reasons. Not having a team together is is tough um, and also I think there's probably a need for managers to feel comfortable having much more um, not, really per not necessarily personal but some of it is personal but I suppose conversations around issues um, that they may they may not feel comfortable having and actually their staff may not feel comfortable having and so there's a kind of how do we have these how do we open out some of these conversations as issues a really good example of that I've had recently is about menopause and about, you know, actually how do we have a conversation about how I manage my symptoms of, you know, my kind of perimenopause or menopausal symptoms at work, which is really impacting me at work with my male manager who's, you know, significantly younger than me in this example. Um, and I find that really tough. And what do I, where do I go with that? So I think, again, as an NHS, you know, we are, we are a predominantly, our workforce is predominantly female. You know, we'll have lots of um, women going through, you know, um, well, health or and men going through, you know, health, health or life events that need a conversation with managers, and we've got lots of managers that are not necessarily equipped to have those. So it's kind of like, how do we have that? How do we develop our people to have the um, confidence and the ability and the emotional intelligence to have those good conversations in order to support their staff? Um, so I think it's challenging. I think it's tough. I, I, we've um, been talking quite a lot about how do we develop toolkits for managers? How do we um, get and is that stuff you can teach um, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> how do you um, and and actually when it isn't and when you've got managers who simply you know and staff who don't want to go to their manager with that kind of um, that kind of conversation where do they go mm. um, and how do you stop that being sort of wildly variable even in single organizations but across the NHS as a whole well, you've touched um, you've touched on the challenges there already, um, and so my my question was going to be: Can you share some of, of the challenges you see in relation to flexible working? So, um, aside from that kind of emotional intelligence and enabling, you know, both people in the workforce and managers to have those sorts of conversations, are, are there any other challenges you kind of see at the moment in terms of flexible working? So I think there are definite challenges around the actual, you know, ability to be flexible in a certain role. And I think there is a, the sort of, you know, well, we've always worked this way and that's probably particularly for clinical roles. Um, you know, we've always done it like this. And so actually there's, you know, we can't change it for these reasons. Um, so I think, again, that comes back to conversations around, you know, what flexibility is there in the role? Um, and it has to be, it has to be conversations on both sides. It's not just about, you know, what's the, um, you know, it's not just it's not it's not just about what the service requires. And it's not just about what the individual requires. It's about trying to meet somewhere in the middle and with compromise probably on both both sides. So I think that's a definite um, challenge. I think one of the 
big challenges now post-pandemic is that flexible working has become somehow synonymous with home working and they're not the same thing and actually lots of staff I think probably have experienced home working as quite a difficult um, thing to do um, quite isolating and also quite intrusive um, and also you know involving very long hours of work um, and so not it isn't the same and we need to make sure that in workforce sort of planning and um, looking at agile working post pandemic that we don't mix the two up um, and think well actually if everyone can work at home that's flexible and we've done the job there um, because it isn't and it also creates two very different and distinct um, communities at work um, in organisations um, and reconciling those two and keeping a, a, a culture of an organisation and, and an identity as a member of staff is quite challenging I think. Um, so I think I think it's you know so myth um, sort of systems and structures, management attitude to flexible working. I think there's still a lot of um, people who think, I mean, as I, as I kind of said, well, we've always done it like this and why do we need to change? Or I'd, I had to work like that. So why should it be yeah. any different for you? And, and I think there's, they're probably few and far between, but there's definitely still a bit of that around. Um, and so I think trying to trying to manage those um, and and convince people of the benefits of flexibility for all the reasons we've talked about um, is a positive and you know the financial benefit as well it's easier to measure in other industries um, but there is there are definite financial benefits even if it's in you know what does it cost me to recruit for this particular job and if I keep losing the staff in that job what's the what's the recruitment cost um, and the replacement cost for those members of staff um, so building up the business case around flexibility is important too. Brilliant. Thank you, Kate. Um, so we've talked a bit about the challenges, but it would be good to hear about some successes. So from your point of view, in terms of Flex NHS, have you got any successes that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so we hear lots of lovely stories actually through Flex NHS from individuals who um, who talk, who contact us to say, I've applied for a job because of, you know, because of what you say on your platforms and you've given me the confidence to do it and you've made me realise it's doable um, and you, you gave me the confidence to ask. And that's lovely. It's, it's so lovely to hear that because we hear a lot from people who are in need of help and support, at, you know, in terms of their flexible working. So being able to give that, you know, uh, that sort of visible platform to flexibility um, and, you know, we try and do we try and platform you know role models and talk about you know here's how you can do it if you're a if you're a newly qualified midwife here's how you can do it if you're a pharmacist um here's what here's how you can do it if you're managing a team um that's really lovely i think the biggest um the biggest change actually will be in the enactment of the policy um changes in the people plan um, so I think when those really start to um, to come in, in terms of policy and individual NHS organisations, that will be a huge change moment um, for people because it means that they don't have to wait for six months to apply through the statutory process for flexible working. They can expect flexibility from the first day. And that means that people don't have to stay in the job that they've got, um, you know, even if they want to progress or want to change role um, because they think, well, I've got an arrangement here I'm never going to be able to replicate or I'm going to have to wait six months to get it. Um, and so I'm just not going to bother. That's huge. And actually designing flexibility into roles by default, again, is massive. So those two things, I think, are huge successes. And they're not, I mean, they're not Flex NHS's successes alone, alone although we like to think we've had a part to play in that. They are <laughs> they are a, a huge and really important commitment from the NHS um, centrally. And I think that's massive. Um, and it, it's a shame that it kind of happened when it when it did, because I think it's been you know, over the last 18 months, people's working lives have been completely thrown up in the air. And so that hasn't obviously resettled yet. And those commitments haven't really come into force. But when they do, I think they'll be 
they, they will be absolutely revolutionary for people's working lives brilliant and it's clear from the way you talk that you're so passionate about this yes, Kate, my I hands waving that. around yeah. <laughs> I know people won't be able to see that on the podcast but I absolutely love it it's brilliant um I guess uh, a lot of the people that listen to um to this podcast are communicators um uh, so I just wondered um how have you used your communications expertise to support the flex NHS agenda that's a really interesting question um I think I think it's I think communications has got a huge role to play in shaping organizational culture. I think probably a role that it it maybe even as a profession we underestimate just how influential um the profession is in influencing and shaping organizational culture. And I think that you know it's um I'm not sure that I set out with a sort of in in flex NHS to be to apply kind of good communications, corporate communications principles to it. It was very much more campaigny than that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but we did team up with um, influencers and um, really early on, but it, again, it wasn't really a conscious kind of communications plan decision. It was, you know, people that we sort of liked and that really spoke to us around um, their values. Um, but I think, yeah, I think communications is a critical part of organizational culture. And I suppose things like, so things like flex campaigns that are and um, people you know I'm very passionate about flex flexible working and I think it then I've helped I suppose helped use communications in terms of my sort of professional background to help weave it into our strategy as an organization and to help the way we position ourselves as a as a as an organization who embraces flexibility and who really promotes it um and in campaigning i think i'm not sure i'm not sure actually because i think about i haven't done anything really around like things like website development and logo creation and you know kind of really great like you know branding or anything like that um i think it's been it's been much more about um good communication through human connection um and that storytelling i suppose i suppose that's what that's the kind of number of it isn't it it's the storytelling element of it and actually the sharing of people's stories we found to be incredibly powerful and real um motivators for change so i guess it's in in bringing those out and and creating a platform that enables people to share their stories that's perhaps been the most um powerful communications element of the campaign um but I think it's I think probably it's more about passion actually and about you know if you're really passionate about something then you really want to um see it succeed and say so you you know kind of kind of try try anything to make that happen <laughs> and within, it's reason. Very, within reason yeah within within legal limits yeah. <laughs> um and it's very clear that you are passionate about it Kate and um so um thank you so much for spending your time um talking to us about flexible working I'm sure there's been some real nuggets and insight in there for people who perhaps you know not not as in tune with um thinking about flexible working as they perhaps could be so if people want to find out more or get in touch what is the best way for them to do that so we are um, at flex nhs on twitter and instagram you can message us um, through either of those platforms and um, join our networks there brilliant that's great thank you so much for um spending time with us having this conversation kate i really appreciate it thank you thank you take care <laughs>